Hello, I'm Daniel Desmond, and welcome to Des Caught It. I'm here today with Caleb. Hello. This is a podcast about football for real fans. We're going to be talking about fantasy, gambling, and Jackson Mahomes TikTok and all the crazy things about the NFL, and it's going to be fun. We're going to have reoccurring segments with my friends and argue about some football. Today, me and Caleb are going to give our eight best fantasy players for the rest of the season. We are pretty much going to do a redraft for the first eight picks, and then we are going to give our halfway through the season awards, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, and Coach of the Year. So let's get into our redraft, Caleb. Um, we're going to go pick by pick and give the best eight skills position players for the rest of the season now. And Caleb, who do you have as your first overall pick? Um, I have Derrick Henry. This It's just pretty straightforward. Um, yeah. People were, they were talking about him as not even like a top three pick at the start of the year just because of his... Uh, is receiving upside and like how the other running backs before him just won't have as many receptions as him. But now he's on pace to have 30 more passes than his career high. He's running the ball at an insane pace and they're just giving him the ball 30, 25 times a game and he's just getting his touches and getting touchdowns every every game. Yeah, I mean, he's just King Henry. Yeah. And in his last 20 games, he's averaging 5.2 yards per carry while also averaging 12 more rushes than anybody else, like, per game. So that's, like, over 100. And he's just an absolute beast. And like you said, it's the receiving for him. Like, last year, he only saw 18 catches. He's on pace for 44 this year, which is more than Josh Jacobs has ever had in his career. Like, he's just playing on, like, a complete off-the-charts pace right now. And for that reason, I don't think he's going to slow down too much. I think he's just going to keep being King Henry. Yeah, there's no way he slows down. Like, they're they're realizing that it works to hand them the ball 30 games, 30 times a game. They're winning mm-hmm. games, so I just think, what's there to stop? Yeah, and also, not to mention, he's on pace for 24 rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Just, we could go on and on, but Derrick Henry will be yeah, the, number, the number one. Yeah, Okay. So, uh, Caleb, who do you have as your second pick? Um, second, I have Austin Eckler. I think his receiving really just puts him above these other running backs on the list. Um, he had one bad week last week uh, when the when the Chargers offense just struggled completely. They were just getting completely shut out by the Ravens. Everybody on that team had a bad week. And I think, you know, the past four weeks before that, he had 20-plus games, 20-plus points. He really is just putting himself above everybody else. The rushing has been great for him. You know, the only... Uh, downside of him is Josh Jackson is also there with him. He's getting some of the carries on third down with maybe the short gain. So Eckler might not punch it in for the one yard touchdowns, but he's really just, um, he's been playing great this year and he's had those 20 point games and I think he won't, he'll keep it up. So my number two is actually Alvin Kamara, but the big thing for me with Austin Eckler is his durability. And I mean, like, this is kind of like an unspoken thing, but like there's an extra week now. And then also prepping for playoffs. It might be interesting to see as we get further down the stretch, people started like slow down a little bit to save them for the playoffs. And Austin Eckler is nursing an ankle injury right now, and they're coming off a bye, and he's very questionable to play. I am worried about Austin Eckler's durability as we yeah. head down. It looks like he's he's almost questionable every single week. Like, yeah. Even on the weeks he does play and has those big games, he's questionable throughout the whole entire week. He always doesn't practice one of the weeks, so it's definitely a problem, but I think if he does keep it up, if he does play these games, even while being questionable, he's still going to be a like a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, no question. Eckler will definitely see the volume to make to fill him in as this number two yeah. spot. But for me, Alvin Kamara is probably going to get more volume. And I mean, 
week to week, he just keeps on getting more touches and more carries. And I mean, he's finished as the RB1 in fantasy in his last two starts. He's the main guy in this offense. And I think Michael Thomas coming back only helps him kind of because the Saints are going to be able to drive the ball more, get him down closer to the red zone. Also, they signed Mark Ingram, but uh, Sean Payton actually said this was a move so that they could line Kamara out wide more often. And I mean, just getting him more more uh, receptions and more carries, I think that Kamara will keep up this pace. Yeah, and honestly, if anything, that Mark Ingram signing helped him. That Saints mm-hmm. offense with Mark Ingram was lethal. Yeah. You know, Kamara would still get his touches. It's not like he was, like, limiting touches with Mark Ingram in the game. Mm-hmm. Mark Ingram would, con- like, break out for these 50-yard rushes sometimes, somehow. He would get these 50-yard rushes, which would take a touchdown away from Kamara, obviously, and he might get those one-yard touchdowns. But if anything, this commit, it really helps. The Saints offense is going to be incredible now. I think if James Winston can perform well, then this Saints offense is going to be really hard to hard to stop, and Camaro's definitely going to climb the ranks. I mean, the, the scariest thing for me as a Camaro owner right now is, like, Mark Ingram coming back. Because, I mean, like, he's kind of washed up, but, I mean, he was so good on the Saints, like, only three years yeah, ago. Was, yeah. I mean— he could just get a one-year touchdown, and then you're just like, what the heck? Yeah. And also, Taysom Hill has missed these past two weeks, and those were Kamara's best two weeks of the season. Taysom Hill coming back, like, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if when Taysom Hill comes back, Kamara's, like, usage goes way down. Just because, like, if they're on the five and it's, like, yeah. second and goal— Taysom Hill direct snap, they're going to do that so many times and just take touches away from Kamara. And also, like, Kamara plays into that, like, shifty kind of role, and that's what Taysom Hill does too. Taysom Hill coming back, I definitely think, will kill off a little bit of this Kamara theme. But also, this year, all these top running backs, they've had second running backs. Like, it's weird. Most years, it's just these one running backs just, like— doing amazing on their team. There's not really anyone else there, but all these top running backs has had someone else. Eckler has Jackson. Zeke has Tony Pollard. You know, Kamara has had, I forget his name, the other guy. Now he has Mark Ingram. And that's just what put Derrick Henry above all these guys is Derrick Henry doesn't really have anyone else. Yeah. But I just feel like, you know, you're going to have that other guy that's there with you. I think, if anything, it'll make, it, it won't make you better. I think it'll make you worse a little bit. But I think, you know, even with Kamara having Mark Ingram back, he'll still have a crazy year. Mm-hmm. So, um, are you more on Austin Eckler or Kamara right now? Um, I'm more on Eckler. I feel okay. like, I feel like, you know, Kamara, he's definitely going to be good. He's had those breakout weeks the past mm-hmm. few weeks. It's just about consistency with him. The first three weeks, he wasn't really looking great. He wasn't looking himself. I feel like it's really just about consistency, like you said, with Taysom Hill coming back. We'll just see if he gets those, the same amount of red zone targets. And he's been getting a lot of targets lately, yeah. receiving the ball. And if that if that keeps up, then he, I think he'll be able to maybe go above Eckler. But I, it's just about consistency. We just have to mm-hmm. see. But I think Eckler is definitely a safer option. Okay, so now, uh, Caleb, who do you have as your third pick? Um, we were just talking about him. I have Zeke. He has six games played this week, and he still has the fourth highest fantasy points in running backs just behind Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, and Derrick Henry. You know, he had a bad week one, obviously. People were out on him already after yeah. week one. Tony Pollard, they were like, oh, Tony Pollard's better than Zeke. Mm-hmm. But it's clear he's not. Zeke has looked so dominant against the Giants. He looked amazing. You know, he's had these big weeks. He's had 20, 18-plus points in every single other week since week one and I just feel like he's going to keep this up especially with Dak maybe being hurt maybe being out this week 
you know, Zeke will definitely be a reliable pick, especially this week. And I think going forward, if Dak's a little shaken up, they're just going to rely on Zeke more. And he's just going to get those touches. Pollard hasn't been getting as many touches lately, which is why I think Zeke is really just putting himself up there. And I feel like, you know, it, with Dak out, maybe this week he'll have another huge week. And I think this Cowboys offense is really just looking better than it's ever have. So I think Zeke will definitely. I disagree with you on this week if Dak doesn't play because the Zeke last year when Dak was there, like awful. Looked like a bottom five running back, constantly fumble, just never found his stride. And then you just fast forward to this year and then all of a sudden Dak back in the offense and then he explodes like he normally does. And this week, if Dak is out, Zeke never plays well when Dak is out. And I mean like, if Dak is out, again, I think that this Vikings game is almost like a trap game. And I'm kind of scared of the weapons the Vikings has as the Vikings have as a Cowboys fan. But I could definitely see Zeke keeping up this pace. But the only thing is that Pollard still takes away a lot of touches from him. And I know Pollard doesn't get those one yard rushing touchdowns, but those touches add up. And I yeah. mean it's very game script, I feel like, where if Zeke isn't really finding the holes and Pollard is. They're going to keep it on giving it to Pollard. And I feel like that can vary game to game. I mean, I feel like with Dak being out, it wasn't really as much Dak being out, but it was just the offensive line banged up. That is true. The Last offensive year, the line offensive was line was completely, it was just looking bad. You know, everyone was hurt. <laughs> yeah. This year, everybody's coming back. You know, everybody is looking great. This is why I think Zeke's performing to a higher level. Um, I don't think it was as much Dak being out. That definitely affects him a little bit. But I think now with the offensive line being healthy and Dak, Maybe if he's out, we'll see a turnaround in Zeke's like performance without Dak there. Yeah. Um. So my number three pick is actually Cooper Cup. He's on pace for just under 2,000 yards and 20 touchdowns, which is absolutely ridiculous. Him and Stafford have that mind meld and are just dominating on a weekly basis. And the only thing that might regress is his touchdown, but his floor will definitely keep him as a top three fantasy wide receiver the rest of the year. And I mean, Cooper Cup is just like, playing off the charts right now. And so is that Rams offense. I just don't feel like they're going to slow down. Yeah, I feel like the only thing is um, in fantasy, we never really see these receivers being drafted this high. Um, Devontae Adams, even when he came off his best year ever, he was still drafted as like a five, sixth guy. And I think just receivers are undervalued and not undervalued. There's just a lot more of them in fantasy to pick up. Mm-hmm. I think Cooper Cup just isn't as much as a, of a value as Zeke would be because the running back position is just a lot more. It's harder to get those good running backs. But I think Cooper Cup is definitely, he's he's really, he's has a shocking year. People were thinking yeah. Robert Woods was the receiver one. You know, he was just coming off not a great year, but a, a year as a receiver too, just a normal receiver two yeah. year. And he's really just shown himself to be great. Um, I think it'll fall off a little bit. I don't think he'll keep this receiver one, like, uh, um, like I don't think he'll keep the receiver one just because of how many other weapons they have and how Van Jefferson Woods. I think he'll he'll get more targets. I think against the, I think it was the Seahawks. He'll really, he re, he showed how much he can really get yeah. the ball. Um, with Henderson playing amazingly, I think Cooper Cup his volume will go down a little bit. He'll definitely still be a top three receiver. I think though, but I, I mean, just don't think he's enough to pick third. But the thing is, is that he has more points than Derrick Henry right now in fantasy. Like he is playing at an unbelievable unbelievable pace. He already has 80 targets this season. And I mean like you shut shot out to a full game. He might he's he might break Michael Thomas's receptions. Yeah. 
Michael uh, Michael Thomas's yards and touchdowns. And if he does all three of those things, he is the he would be the third pick in a True. redraft just because of how unbelievable he is playing. The only thing is regression and like slowing down. And like I said earlier, the extra week and gearing up for playoffs, teams might like slow down the offense a little bit just just to rest players. But I, I feel like Cooper Cup and Stafford just have that mind meld and they're always looking at each other. Yeah, they really do. He's their he's Stafford's clear favorite target. Like yeah. it was it was just a risk going into the year. Which one you were gonna pick? Mm-hmm. Cup or Woods or maybe a different receiver on that team, but it's just clear that Cooper Cup's their number one target now. Yeah. Uh so who do you have as your fourth pick in this redraft? Um, fourth, like you have him second. I have Camara. Um again, like we said before, he's looking a lot more consistent the past few weeks. Um, with Taysom Hill coming back, it's really just going to be a matter of if he gets those red zone targets. Mm-hmm. Michael Thomas coming back, I think, will definitely make the Saints offense a very high power, and I think they'll be great. Uh, they 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 might, you know, I think they might, might make a playoff run, something like that, if Winston can play well. And I feel like just with Kamara, with this high powered offense, he'll definitely be a staple top three, top five running back in fantasy. Yeah. So we actually have it flipped. I have Eckler here. Yeah. Um. Just, we've covered a lot of this already, but I slightly lean towards Kamara just a little bit more because I feel like there's less weapons in that offense. And I think this offense only gets better and more points for for Kamara. And compared to the Chargers where you have guys like Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Jared Cook is kind of making a name for himself. And then also you have like, uh, comparable to Mark Ingram, you have a handcuffed guy in uh, Josh Jackson, I think his name is. I, I lean towards Kamara just because I think he has a higher receiving floor than Eckler. Yeah, he definitely... It's It's been the past few weeks where Kamara's had these receiving floors. I feel like the first two weeks, he hasn't he didn't get as many targets. Yeah. Uh, with Eckler, he's gotten these five, six targets a game, except against Washington. He's got two targets the first game, but I feel like he will... He'll just keep this consistency. He gets 20 points a game. He's averaging... I think like 20 points a game, yeah. even with that bad week. Mm-hmm. Uh, if this Chargers offense is clicking, then he's clicking no matter what. He'll get touchdowns. He'll get his touches. And I feel like it's just a matter of, it's just a matter of who you like more. Yeah. Um, also, not to mention like scheduling uh, when talking about this stuff, Kamara still plays the Bucks twice and that yeah, run defense true. is great. That might make you want to like shift back a little bit and then take Eckler who faces some easy opponents like the Chiefs a couple Chiefs more times, more. Broncos, Raiders. Everybody in that division doesn't have the greatest run defense. Yeah. So for that reason, I think I'm leaning actually a little bit towards Eckler now. But just uh, quickly to recap, at one, we have a consensus in Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, I'm leaning actually more towards Eckler, so we'll put Eckler at two. At three, we have Cooper Cup and uh, who is your guy? Zeke. Zeke. Uh. I mean, that could go either way. If you're looking at like a zero RB type of strategy, Cooper Cup True. is a great guy to get. But if you feel like you just want to stack that RB position, that's perfect. Yeah. And then at four, we have Kamara. Kamara, yeah. yeah. So um, moving on to five, who do you have? I have Devontae Adams. You know, he's the clear best. He's the best receiver in the league, skill-wise. Talent-wise, he's the best receiver in the league. You can argue De- DeAndre Hopkins, but I think Devontae Adams has really just shown himself to be the best receiver in the league. You know, in games that they struggle to score, like against the Bengals, they always look for him. He had 37 fantasy points against the Bengals. He gets the targets he always does. He's looking like the same guy. He'll jump to the number one receiver, I think, in no time, like he always does. And I feel like 
with this Packers offense, it's looking great now. Even without those three receivers, Aaron Rodgers still delivered against the Cardinals. And I feel like, you know, Devontae Adams, he has— Last year, he really just showed up. He had, like, 13 targets a game. He looked incredible. He'll start getting these targets back with Lazard maybe out the next week if Devontae Adams comes back. I don't know if he will because of the COVID protocol. Questionable, yeah. He's questionable, yeah. He If he does play, he'll he's due for a big week. The Packers have these easy opponents with the Lions once. Vikings. They have the Vikings, bad defense. Bears and they also haven't have the looked Bears. that great. Bears defense hasn't looked great. It, it, it was hyped coming into it, but I think the Bears defense just hasn't looked very good. Um, I just think Devontae Adams, He's he has the talent. He'll jump to this receiver one position, I think. Mm-hmm. So, actually, I don't even have Devontae Adams on this list. I think Devontae Adams kind of falls off a little bit at the end of the season. And I mean, like, obviously, Devontae Adams is a great player. And I mean, like, consistently, he puts up the amount of targets and he puts up the amount of targets. And But I feel like the touchdowns are going to regress. And he put up, like, a historical, like, 20 touchdowns yeah. in, like, 14 games last season or something ridiculous like that and I feel like he's just gonna slow down a little bit and regress a little bit and also the durability issue Devontae Adams has missed a couple games in the past because of like a toe injury ankle I could maybe see him being a little bit like uh phased back in as he comes off of COVID and like slowed down as they're preparing for a playoff run I could see I see signs of Devontae Adams slowing down yeah, I mean, I feel like he he does get these injuries. Like you said, I don't think he's ever played a full—he doesn't really play full season. No, he season hasn't played a full much. season. He plays these, like, 14 games. He has these annoying injuries that if you're a yeah. fantasy owner of him, it's just so annoying to have. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, like, these practice injuries where it's, like, a toe injury. Or like, a toe. quad injury. Yeah, exactly. And, I, you know, with him— He's just going to make that jump, I think. He's getting more deep ball targets this year. Yeah. With Liz- Lazard and MVS just haven't looked as good as they normally did last year with those no, deep they, ball targets. they just aren't. They just aren't. Yeah, yeah. they just aren't. I don't know. They. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Quickly, trade deadline is on Tuesday. Yeah. Do you see the Packers maybe making any moves to get a guy just to help out Rodgers and Devontae? Because, I, I mean, that's know. the big thing, like, for the past, like, two years getting Rodgers the talent around him. Do you see anybody like maybe like an Allen Robinson? The Dolphins have a couple of receivers. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, Allen Robinson is looked terrible on the Bears. Maybe he, maybe they make a move for him. You know, the yeah. Dolphins, yeah, they have Devontae Parker. I feel like... Parker, Will Fuller, yeah, any of those guys. Those guys weren't even supposed to be on the team. It's just, it's just a matter of if the Packers want to make those moves for Rodgers. Mm-hmm. You know, he's telling them everyone it's his last year, so do they really want to make these moves for him? But I feel like he does have the talent around him. Like, come on, you have Aaron Jones, you have Devontae Adams, you have those receivers, you have But they Tunyon. haven't, the receivers haven't stepped up, and Tunyon... Randall Cobb Tunyon is Tunyon just fine. tore his ACL. He's out for this season. Yeah. I mean, and then you're going to count on Randall, Randall Cobb. I'm not, I'm not so sure about that. I feel like what they're going to do is... They're going to trade for Michael Gallup, and it's going to be Michael Adam, Mike, Michael Gallup and Devontae Adams. Yeah, and Devontae Adams will still keep that role, I feel like. He's still going to keep the wide receiver one role, but I just feel like they're going to bring in some talent around the trade deadline. Um, so my fifth overall pick is actually surprisingly Debo Samuel. He is second in points per game by a wide receiver so far, and he's 
And looking at his schedule, he still plays the Jaguars, Texans, Falcons, Seahawks, and Titans, who are all bottom 10 against the pass. And even when Lance was at QB that one game against the Cardinals, he still saw nine targets for six catches and 56 yards. And Shanahan just uses him in so many ways. He gets a couple of rushes, play action bootleg. He's always right there. And Jimmy Garoppolo obviously makes him play better, but I think they're going to phase out to Lance. But Lance, like I said, he still saw nine targets in that game, and I feel like he's just going to keep up a steady pace and a steady offense. Yeah, I feel like, like you said, with Lance, he got still got nine targets. I just don't think the volume will consistently be there with Lance just because of how much he runs the ball. Um, Shanahan, like you said, is using him in so many different ways. He got a yeah. rushing touchdown when I was actually playing him in fantasy. <laughs> really, it, it couldn't make you more mad. He got a rushing touchdown on like an end around 20 yards. He yeah. gets those tar- He gets these carries that like doesn't seem like it's going to rack up, but it does rack up. He gets mm-hmm. those touchdowns sometimes. And just with him, it's just the deep ball is great with him too. But I think it's really just a matter of if Jimmy G plays. I know you said, you know, he's obviously better with Jimmy G. Yeah. Um with Trey Lance playing, I just don't think he's a top 5 fantasy player. Um but with Jimmy G with, with with Jimmy G playing, he can definitely make that jump to top five or at least top eight. I don't have him on my list anywhere here, but I think if Jimmy G consistently plays throughout the year and plays at a decent level, then Debo Samuel will definitely make that jump because Kittle's still out, mm-hmm. right? Kittle's still out. Brandon Ayuk obviously has just been Falling disappointing off. to so many people this year. And it's ju- it's really just Debo Samuel on that offense. You know, the, Their running backs keep just cycling in and out. Sermon was there for a little bit. Now I think it's... It's Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, it's Elijah well. Mitchell now. It's Elijah Mitchell. But he he's looking great. He looked great against the Colts. Just I think Debo Samuel is that clear receiver one. He's the clear number one target without Kittle there. It's just a matter for me if Jimmy G keeps playing. Yeah, and at the beginning of the year, he was like a boomer bust type of guy where like week one against the Lions, he had like 35. But then the next week, 12. And then he goes against the Seahawks and he has 37. Yeah. But now he's starting to get into like a more like nine for a hundred and a touchdown type of guy. And if that consistent consistency keeps up and he'll still have those big blow up games, mm. I'm not really worried about him. He hasn't gone below eight targets. Yeah. And when you don't go below eight targets in a high powered offense that does move the ball quite quite a bit. I think that Debo Samuel could definitely keep up this pace as the number two wide receiver in points per game. He's definitely getting the volume. I just don't think he'll be able to get to number two. I think Devontae Adams is going to take the clear one, and I think Cooper Cup will just be just behind him. I just don't think anyone else is really just shown that consistency. Debo Samuel has gotten those targets, like you said, but I just don't think the 49ers offense could keep it up. Uh, Yeah, and I feel like if Lance comes in, like when Lance came in against the Cardinals, like, Trey Lance ran the ball 16 times. With Jimmy G, Jimmy G's not doing that. So that's like 16 pass attempts that you're losing for Debo Samuel. I I mean, Lance has only played one game, so it's hard to tell whether he's good or not. But it it could definitely change with Lance in, and he could definitely be like a three for 50 type of guy where he's like a really good real life football guy, but not so much in fantasy. Yeah. So uh, moving on to our sixth pick in this redraft, Caleb, who you got? Um, surprisingly, I have James Robinson. He's really had a quiet like couple past weeks. 
first two weeks, literally, I'm completely putting them aside. They do not matter at all to me. Yeah, he Urban Meyer just wasn't yeah. using him. Urban Meyer did not know how to use him. He apparently, uh, Urban Meyer really had an awakening. You know, the past <laughs> the past four weeks, he's gotten so much volume and a touchdown. At least 18 points all these weeks. 17-plus rushes per game. And he's also getting receiving upside in a team that's honestly always behind in games. The Jaguars have looked fine. Their offense, honestly, with Lawrence, hasn't looked bad. Lawrence mm-hmm. has gotten better and better every single game. And James Robinson, with this volume, I think he'll keep it up and get even better than he is now and put him above these guys like Jonathan Taylor and other guys that are just that are there. Um, I feel like he's just getting more rushes than almost everybody in the league. And with these 18-plus rushes per game, he's really just going to put himself above. And I think if the Jaguars offense can consistently score 20, 25 points a game, James Robinson will definitely just he'll definitely make a huge jump. Yeah, and I mean, like, James Robinson, weeks one and two, like you said, I'm going to completely disregard that, too. Like, that's just not who this offense is anymore. That's not who he is right now. Trevor Lawrence, like you said, he keeps getting better and better. They're moving the ball down the field more. They're making games more competitive now. And also, James Robinson just keeps on getting, like, I feel like when I was watching this Dolphins game in London, which feels like, a year ago, but it was only two weeks ago when I was watching this game. I just felt like James Robinson, he could always, like, break one. And the Dolphins just couldn't tackle him. He just gets down to the one, and then he just punches one in. And receiving-wise, he does have, like, a... eh, He doesn't have the best receiving upside, but he sees, like, three targets a game, and, I mean, it's good enough to keep him in as, like, a top top eight uh fantasy player the rest of the season but i i would just be a little bit worried because you never know you never know with like a bad team whether or not they're just gonna completely like the tires are just gonna fall off and then this is a complete wasteland and you put all your eggs in the james robinson basket and then those week one and those week one and two then become a reality yeah i mean again with these bad teams like you said obviously the Jaguars could just completely fall off, but yeah. I think they've shown signs to be a decent offense. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence has looked good. He's dumped off a few passes. James Robinson, he's had four plus targets in three of the past four games. And James Robinson, you know, he's getting, he's this 100 yards and a touchdown guy. Yeah. He's getting this every single game. And I think if the Jaguars can consistently score, like I said, 10, 20 points a game, then James Robinson will get one of those touchdowns. There's not really many receivers that can steal it from him. And I think if they're on that 10-yard and they're just going to hand the ball to James Robinson like they've been. Yeah. Yeah, again, those first two weeks, literally, I'm completely putting them to the side. And I think James Robinson's definitely going to keep up this consistency of 100 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. So my number six is Stephon Diggs. Coming off the bye, and Diggs had the best game of his season so far against the Titans, where he went 70 for 100 and a touchdown. And I think he's going to absolutely explode the second half. I would trade for him in every single one of your leagues. He's going to be a top three fantasy wide receiver when the season is over. And I mean, Diggs is just going to see so much volume. Josh Allen is obviously playing at a remarkable pace. I, I think Diggs just continues to grow and grow and finally start to get more touchdowns. Yeah, and with this Bills offense, they've been looking very good, and the defense has too. Against the Titans, they showed some weaknesses in the run game, but that's yeah. just Derrick Henry. But with these close games, like I said with Devontae Adams, they're getting the ball to their best player. They're giving the ball to Diggs. They've blown teams out against the Dolphins 
and against the Washington football team. Yeah. And they haven't, you know, Diggs didn't really get the volume. He got a couple of receptions. He got a couple, he got a good amount of targets, but Emmanuel Sanders, Dawson Knox were getting those touchdowns. But in these late games where I think the games will be closer, going to the end of the season, teams will really step it up more, game plan against the Bills. And I feel like the games will be a lot closer, like the Titans game. And Diggs will just get his receptions. They're going to get the ball to the best player. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Dawson Knox is uh, hurt right now. He actually broke one of his fingers. So he's going to be sidelined for a couple of weeks. And like you said, Dawson Knox and Emmanuel Sanders were just cashing in all these touchdowns. I see Stephon Diggs getting back his, uh, getting back his touchdowns, and then he's gonna. As a Diggs owner, you might be like a little bit mad that he's not playing up to like his like, uh, hot, late first round draft pick or like early second round. Yeah, but he's gonna he's gonna go off this second half of the week. I'm almost. Second half of the year. I'm almost certain of that. Yeah, and somebody in my other league, they just were panicking on Diggs, traded him away right away, and I think that's such a big mistake. Yeah. If you have Diggs especially now, don't get rid of him at all. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, he's going to do better, I feel like. And if, yeah. you, if you traded him the first few weeks, like, that's that's on you. Mm-hmm. You know, it. he's definitely going to see this, see this volume and see this, like, big jump, like I said. Yeah, like you said. Him and Trayvon Diggs both have two touchdowns. Who do you think ends the season with more? Obviously, Stephon Diggs. <laughs> okay. Um, so, who do you have as your number seven pick in the street draft? Um, number seven, I have Cooper Cup, like you have at three. I think receivers, obviously, are a lot are less valued in fantasy. Again, Devontae Adams, I think he'll jump to receiver one, but Cooper Cup will definitely keep that consistency. He's Matthew Stafford's obvious number one target. Um, you know, he's been the most consistently consistent player on this high-powered Rams offense that is going to get even better at this point. Daryl Henderson is looking so good. I traded for him in one of my leagues. I'm very happy about that. And Robert Woods, you know, he'll get more targets, but I think Cooper Cup will obviously keep this consistent 10, 9 targets per game and definitely punch one in. And he's getting these deep ball targets too. He's getting these 30, 20-yard passes, yeah. which really just puts him above all these other receivers except, in my opinion, Devontae Adams. But he's just getting these 30, 40-yard passes that really just jump you and just get so many fantasy points. Yeah, I mean, like like I said before, he has more points than Derrick Henry. The next guy uh, behind him is Jamar Chase, who is 40 points below him. Yeah. I mean, like, Cooper Cup is just playing at an unbelievable pace. I would have him higher up in your rankings just because I don't think his floor really changes. Even if this Ram offense like slows down a little bit and doesn't start scoring that much, like you said, he can he'll get you like five five yard catches. He'll get you like thirty yard catches, and he'll also get like sixty yard bombs on play action. And I mean, him and Stafford are just looking for each other. I think it's I think he's just gonna stay consistent. Yeah, and it was really interesting. Even with the game that Robert Woods had thirteen receptions. You would expect Cooper Cup to fall off a little yeah. bit. He still had 17 points. Mm-hmm. Even on the game where Robert Woods literally went for 28 fantasy points with no touchdowns, uh-huh. Cooper Cup still got eight t- eight receptions. And I feel like that's just his floor. Yeah, it really is. That that is literally his floor. That's the definition of his floor. Unless Robert Woods were able to punch one in there, that might be his floor. But I think even with Robert Woods punching one in, he would still have 13, 14 points. And I feel like Robert Woods is not going to have another game as good as that, especially with a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really just no floor. His floor is just amazing. His floor is amazing. He is the yeah. best floor in the league, in my opinion, except for Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. But I, it's just it's just a matter of if this Rams offense falls off a little bit, if he gets a little bit more to less targets. And I think just with, I just think Devontae Adams is going to, 
end up getting more targets and more volume than him just because of the lack of other weapons on his team and just may, do a little bit better than him. And also, yeah. Yeah. So at number seven, I have Jonathan Taylor. And this is like a pretty potent uh, Colts offense. And I mean, like we've been talking about a lot. It's like getting the ball to your best player. And I mean, Jonathan Taylor is the best player. He just consistently sees more and more targets, and he's connecting on a lot of screen passes while also breaking a lot of runs. Quinton Nelson just came back, and I think uh, Taylor's just going to see more and more red zone opportunities. And Naheem Hines is completely phased out of this yeah, offense. Really I mean, Jonathan Taylor is just getting all of this volume, and I could definitely see him like... I Currently, I actually have him regressing a little bit just because I feel like a lot of that is due to like he had like an 83 yard touchdown against the Raven of receiving touchdown against the Ravens and I just feel like he might slow down like a little bit but I definitely think he will definitely stay like a very solid uh like an RB5 yeah and I have Jonathan Taylor at eight the next pick but I he's quietly been He's had he has the second most running back fantasy yeah. points this year. He it's so quiet. Like he's had his big weeks, and I feel like people were out on him after week one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. So many people were talking down on him, and I feel like he had bad weeks two and three. I played against him in fantasy one of those weeks. I was like, I was like, oh my god, this guy's terrible. Mm-hmm. But he's really stepped it up these past few weeks, and I said it a few weeks ago that he was going to do well. Yeah, after you the said Dolphins that against game. the Dolphins. And really, just Jonathan Taylor. He's looked. He's obviously the best player on that team. With Ty coming back, might change the flow of that offense a little. bit. I don't bit. think it does. I, I I I think it does a little bit just because of how much they might be passing the ball a little more with Ty there. When Ty was there, the running backs didn't really shine as much as they have now. But I feel like he Ty's really banged up. I don't even know if he's playing this week. And I think Jonathan Taylor is definitely going to remain a top five running back, like you said. Maybe jump. Yeah, I think he'll be five. Yeah. He just has, like, such a solid floor because he's just, like, him and Michael Pittman are, like, the only two weapons on that team, and they're just going to keep on getting all of this volume. And and I mean, this Colts offense isn't even looking bad. Yeah. Looking really solid, actually. Wentz is doing a great job, but just game managing. I mean, that Niners game, like, the weather, we can chalk it up to, like, half of those turnovers. But every other game, he's doing a good job of not turning the ball over so much and just— making sure that this Colts team is in every single game. Yeah, and they have been, and Jonathan Taylor's been in the fantasy rankings every single game because yeah. of that. Yeah. Uh, so who do you have as your last pick in this eight-team redraft? Well, like we were just talking about, I have Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. I think he'll stay at this fifth running back. Well, he's he's sixth, or on this list, he's sixth. I think he'll be definitely top seven. Maybe yeah, he'll jump to five that. over James yeah. Robinson. But... I feel like just with James Robinson, I'm just more confident in his volume. He's gotten more uh, rushing or rushes than Jonathan Taylor in these past few games. It's been close, but Jonathan Taylor's gotten less uh, rushes than him. And I feel like just with these two offenses, it's really, they've been surprisingly not bad this year. You know, people were not expecting the Colts offense to be decent. They weren't expecting the Jaguars offense. Jaguars offense was just hit or miss with how Trevor Lawrence is going to play. But I feel like it's really just between the two of them. They're on these bad teams, not great teams. The Colts mm-hmm. haven't looked terrible, but you know they're on these not great teams. And I feel like it's really just a matter of how these offenses perform, whichever one will jump over the other. Yeah. So I'm going to throw a couple of names at you just because you finished your list. Uh, Najee Harris. I think that Najee Harris can definitely jump into these spots. I have him right here. I said honorable message to Najee Harris. I think he's definitely getting this volume. Um, 
I think he'll definitely be able to jump into the spot. I just don't trust the Steelers' offense in any way. So I just uh Jamar Chase. Oh, uh, you know, I think Jamar Chase. He's a rookie. He'll. I think he's gonna fall off a little bit. He's had, you know, he had two hundred yards the last game. I don't yeah. think that'll keep up. Teams will start to game plan over him a little bit more. At the start of the year, it was sort of these 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 three receivers. They didn't really know who to target. There was T. Higgins, Boyd, Jamar Chase. You didn't really know which one was going to be that main guy. Jamar Chase has obviously been that main guy now, and I think teams will definitely notice that and start to game plan around him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Jamar Chase won't be able to keep this completely up. He's definitely the rookie of the year this year, at least for now. And I feel like teams won't really be able, our teams will be able to keep up with him a little bit more. I don't think he'll get these huge games. He definitely has that upside to get those huge games like we've seen in the past few weeks. I just don't think he's going to be as consistent as these, as these running backs. Last question for you. Th- rank these three receivers. Stephon Diggs, Tyree Kill, Jamar Chase. Um, I have... For the rest of the season. I think Diggs, Jamar Chase, Tyree Kill. I don't trust Tyreek Hill. I don't trust this Chiefs team at all. I think they've they haven't looked great, and I think Tyreek Hill with Patrick Mahomes not playing as this at this extreme level, I just don't think Patrick Mahomes will be able to get those deep balls to him. I don't think they're they're taking enough risks taking the deep balls to him. These past few weeks, he hasn't gotten those shots, and mm-hmm. I feel like they've just haven't been. He's had a few key drops in these past few yeah. weeks. He hasn't really been catching the ball as well as he has been in the past few years in the in the start of the year. And I feel like just Tyreek Hill won't be able to keep up these big weeks. I think he'll maybe have one more big week when they play against maybe a bad team. But I think this Chiefs offense really just has always been had to come from behind, and there's so much pressure on them, and they really just haven't been fulfilling it. I mean, not to spend, like, too much time, like, criticizing the Chiefs because I can go into that for a while. But basically what team's doing is that they're dropping back all of their corners yeah. to negate that deep ball, and then they're double-teaming Kelsey. Yeah. And then they're going to have to rely on another guy, but they weren't able to sign a guy in free agency. So you're dealing with, like, the boomer bust in, like, McCole Hardman and, like, Demarcus Robinson and Brian Pringle. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that teams have been able to get pressure because the Chiefs' O-line is awful right it now. Really is. And they're just getting pressure by rushing forward, just like the Bucks did, and just dropping everybody deep, and then negating Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, and you're going to get... They've really just accepted the fact that they're going to get the ball to Travis Kelsey. They're going to get the 10-yard pass to Travis Kelsey. They're just knocking up the deep ball to Tyree Kill. Mm -hmm. They're double-teaming him, and they're really just not letting that deep ball happen. You know, they're, again, like I said, they're accepting the fact that Travis Kelsey's going to get these dump-down passes. He's still getting his eight receptions, seven receptions, but Tyree Kill hasn't gotten the deep ball that much. And I think with these smarter coaches and these coaches who are watching the Chiefs really struggle with this, people, teams will consistently... Keep doing this. Yeah. And I think Tyreek Hill just won't be able to get as many deep balls, kind of like teams are doing with Lockett. Like, really, Lockett's fallen off, too. And I feel like, you know, with just with Tyreek Hill and his just upside on the deep ball, like you said, like, like people were saying at the beginning of the year, that's why people pick him so high, just because he can go off for 40 points. Yeah. And I just don't think that's going to happen as many times as it normally does. And I think Jamar Chase has a higher chance of doing that. Like you just said, Jamar Chase, that is my last guy in this eight-team redraft. He's on pace to set the most receiving yards ever by a rookie. And this Burrow to Chase connection is just off the charts. I see Chase doing better than what Justin Jefferson did last year, which means he is a top-five fantasy wide receiver at the end of the year. Yeah. It's Uh, just just enough said. Like, he's just been remarkable. 
Yeah. And I mean, really... the Bengals were criticized for not taking for not taking the tackle. But the thing is, is that the way you would beat the bagel, the Bengals is getting pressure on Burrow. And Burrow, when pressured, is first in passer rating, first in yards, first in touchdowns, first in completions. Like, when under pressure, when under pressure Joe Burrow has been the best quarterback this year, and a large part of that is because Chase is always open yeah, and they yeah. have that mind melt. And he just catches everything that's thrown to him. Yeah. People are saying, you know, he can't catch NFL balls in the offseason. He literally catches every single ball that's thrown to him. Yeah. Jamar Chase is playing amazing right now. He might slow down a little bit. Like like you said, he put up 200 yards. That, that probably won't happen the rest of the season. Yeah. But I feel like his touchdown consistency and his targets will definitely remain the same because this Bengals offense is very high-powered. Um, so just to quickly recap our picks, we have a consensus in Derrick Henry. At two, we have Eckler. Yep. Uh, three, we have uh, Cooper Cup or uh, Zeke. Mm-hmm. At four, we had uh, Eckler or Kamara. At five, we had Debo Samuel or Devontae Adams. At six, Stephon Diggs or James Robinson. Mm-hmm. And then seven, Jonathan Taylor or Cooper Cup. And Jamar Chase and Jonathan Taylor at eight. Yeah. So pretty, pretty consistent. Like yeah. we definitely mixed in a a good bit of uh, wide receivers, and also our running backs are pretty much the same. Like we have Derrick Henry, Kamara, Eckler, Taylor. Pretty consistent yeah. on both of us. Uh, so now moving into our second segment, where we're gonna give our halfway through the year award winners. Uh, Caleb, who do you have as your MVP through eight weeks? Um, I have Derrick Henry. You know, they don't really give the MVP to running backs that yeah. often. They really don't. But I think Derrick Henry's just proven that he is the most valuable player in the league, even though he's not a quarterback. In the games that they have come from behind and won, in the games that are really close, like against the Bills, he's had three touchdowns. He is playing amazing against close games, against the Bills' number one defense. He made them look terrible. He completely yeah. tore them up. He had 30 carries against the Chiefs, even when they didn't need him the most. He still stepped up and is able to carry the ball 30, 25 times a game. Sometimes he carries the ball more than Tannehill throws the ball. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I think the Titans will definitely make another jump. I think they'll, they're showing very good signs in that team. I think that offense is looking great. The defense is stepping up to a point yeah. where they've, we've never seen them step up before. That you know, The defense is really surprising. So many people, they held the Chiefs at three points. And I think that this Titans team makes a jump to the one, to the two or three seed, maybe the one seed in the AFC, then Derek mm-hmm. Henry will definitely be in the conversation for MVP. And in my opinion, I think you have to give it to him. I mean, it's just the thing. It's like... Y- you're probably going to give the MVP to a quarterback just yeah. because that's what that's what the award is about. Like, yeah. quarterback is the most valuable position in all of sports, so it should obviously go to the best quarterback. But, I mean, Derrick Henry, like, two back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons is definitely, it's like such a possibility for him. Yeah. And like we've said, 24 touchdowns. And also, the quarterbacks have been, like, a little bit shaky this year. Like, I mean, we were looking at, like, Justin Herbert, but he just had an awful game against the Ravens. And then you have, like, a guy like Tom Brady who's just playing consistently, but he's slowing down in terms of passing touchdowns a little bit. Lamar had a bad game against the Bengals. Josh Allen. Josh Allen hasn't been bad. Josh Allen has been amazing. Yeah, he's been amazing. And that's who I have right after my MVP, who is Dak Prescott. 
Dak Prescott is the MVP of the season so far. Last year, the Cowboys were 2-2 two and two when Dak got hurt, and they finished 6-10 and 10 last year. They have five wins in six games this season when Dak has been fully healthy. Dak is just playing off the charts and commanding his team. Dak is the only quarterback in the NFL to have at least three touchdowns in every game but one. And he has the highest completion percentage and passer rating in the NFL so far. Well, I can name you five guys right now that I think would win MVP over Dak. Okay. You know, Matthew Stafford. No. I think Matthew Stafford. No, because you can't. If, actually, you can, you can easily make, give Matthew Stafford you can the make, MVP. You can make the argument for Stafford just because they were like a playoff team and now they're legit Super Bowl contenders. But I mean, is that the jump from having the 10th overall pick in last year's draft to being possibly a one or two seed this year? Yeah. That's not the same. I mean, that's not like the I same in terms Drake, of valuable. You can't say that Dak was the only reason that that offense was struggling last year. But I mean, like, look at this. Like, Dak Prescott, they went two and two with him there, and Dak was consistently having to throw for like 500 yards a game just because of how awful that defense is. But now that they're actually winning games and Dak is back, everybody's healthy. I mean, if they go like 14 and three, 13 and four, I could definitely see Dak Prescott winning this award. Yeah, honestly. Or I, being, like, top three in the conversation. Yeah, honestly, I, I kind of agree with that. I feel like it's really just what the NFL decides to do with this award. Yeah. I feel like Derrick Henry is the most valuable player on his team. He's I the most valuable that. player in the league. Mm-hmm. If Derrick Henry— if you take eh, Derrick Henry, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. Yeah, okay. But if you take Derrick Henry if you take Derrick Henry off the Titans, they're barely a playoff team. That is true. If you take Dak Prescott off the Cowboys, they're also barely a playoff team. I think They with aren't the, a playoff with team. With the NFC East this year, they're probably a playoff team. That is true. But— you know, it's really just who they want to give it to. I think Kyler Murray is performing on an outstanding level, mm-hmm. you know, leading the Cardinals to undefeated except for the loss against the Packers. And I feel like, you know, it's really just who the NFL decides to give it to. And at this point in the season, I think it's Derrick Henry. I think maybe Kyler Murray takes it over Dak. Tom Brady maybe takes it over Dak. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, all these guys. Lamar Jackson had one bad game against the uh, against the Bengals. But I think Dak just hasn't shown... I think he's shown he's shown that he's a very good quarterback, and I think he's shown that he can definitely lead this Cowboys team to at least an NFC championship. If not, they might be Super Bowl contenders this year with just how the defense is playing. But I feel like he's definitely shown that the signs of being an MVP candidate. And I think just you know, with these all these other quarterbacks just not playing as consistently as we normally see, we normally see these two quarterbacks and the two best teams just getting the MVP, Patrick yeah. Mahomes, the past couple of years. And I think it's really just who the NFL decides to give it to and who performs at the higher level at the end of this, like at the last yeah. 10, eight, eight weeks of the year. Um, so moving on to defensive player of the year, I have Miles Garrett. And Miles Garrett has just been like a complete force. And Sack leaders usually are like talked about like a lot, but this year with Diggs, who's just been unbelievable, Trevon Diggs, just to clarify, Trevon Diggs, who has just been unbelievable with seven interceptions through six games, that's kind of gone away from like the sack leaders. But Miles Garrett has eight and a half sacks through seven weeks. I mean, that's crazy. He's on pace, he's on pace to have 20 sacks. And I mean, teams are going to stop throwing at Diggs that much. They're going to stop throwing at Diggs because they're scared of him picking the ball off. And if Diggs' interceptions keep around like this 7 to 10 area and Miles Garrett has 20 sacks, I think Miles Garrett wins this award. Um, I think Diggs is going to take this award. I feel like 
it's crazy because you really just defend him every single time we talk about him, not mm-hmm. on the podcast. I feel like you just completely say how he's so good. And he I is. feel like yeah, he is great. I feel like again, it's just what the NFL decides to do. I feel like if this defensive player of the year award is real is like actually playing on the best defensive player, then Ramsey would win pretty much every year. And I feel like also if they don't throw it to Diggs, then he won't get the stats to make him win defensive player of the year. But I feel like it's hard to just not throw to him. Yeah, I mean, defensive player of the year is like such like a weird award, and it's like Ramsey's never won it because you look at his you look at his stats, and it's like, oh, he only has three interceptions yeah, exactly. and like eight passes defended. Well, it's because nobody's throwing at him because they're always covered. Exactly, and I mean, it like obviously like. Trayvon Diggs, he's been, like, unbelievable, but they're going to stop throwing at him. And then when you go at the end of the season and then you look at Trayvon Diggs' stats and you're like, oh, he only got three more interceptions in eight weeks? I I mean, Miles Garrett has 20 sacks right here. I'm, I'm going to go to Miles Garrett for this one. But that's the thing with, the, with Trayvon Diggs. He does this thing where he baits the quarterback into throwing at him. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's going to be on the guy. It's not like Ramsey. He's not a lockdown defender where he's just going to completely take away your number one option. You can't just stop throwing at him because he baits you into throwing the, those dangerous balls and he ends up intercepting them. Yeah. Like he's one of those guys where it's not like he's going to hold the player to 20 yards, 30 yards, and no he, targets. He can do that. He can do that. He does do that. But he also does this thing where he just stands away from the guy a little bit. He baits the quarterback into throwing the ball, and he jumps in front of it and gets those picks and returns him for a touchdown. And honestly, he's gotten a little lucky with those tip balls that have fallen into his hands a little bit. But just his playmaking ability and just the ability to change the game, he, he'll he definitely, I think, not be super consistent. He won't have 14, 15 interceptions at the end of the year. I mm-hmm. feel like he'll get to like 12 or 11 and just see how much, like that defense has really turned into offense for the Cowboys. Yeah. And Diggs has saved so many games for them against the mm-hmm. Patriots. He saved the game with the pick six. You know, that clip going around with him letting up that post, that wasn't even his fault. Yeah, it's a and, safety. And again, with when you have these guys that throw those interceptions or that t- get these interceptions and change the game completely, you're going to have those big plays mm-hmm. that let up against them. And I think it's honestly worth it. Yeah. He can have those streak passes where he gets burned a little bit because he's trying to make a play on the ball. Then the next play, he gets an interception. So I feel like it's literally just he's he's generational talent that we've honestly haven't seen before in a while. You know, maybe not in a while, but I think I in the past say, five years. I wouldn't say we he's haven't seen, generational not, talent. But I mean, he, we <laughs> haven't very seen good. a guy like this in the past five years that can just take the ball away like this. And I feel like he's going to keep he's, it up a little bit. He's no better than Ramsey, like Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, all he's those different guys. than them. He's not. Yeah. yeah he's I, not better he's than not Ramsey, like, but he's, he's different. He's not like a lockdown corner, but he definitely like makes all of these highlight plays. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the, the thing is, is that this week, Trayvon Diggs is incredible against guys like Mike Evans and like Kenny Galladay, who he's played and held them yeah. to just one catch, both of them. It's because they're, like, lengthy, and he can play length, and also they don't have, like, the best amount of speed and route-running ability. And this week, he's likely going to shadow Justin Jefferson. This would be the week to see if he is, like, this top-five corner that everybody says because Justin Jefferson is everything that he doesn't want to cover. Yeah, A guy who just runs, like, a bunch of out-routes, can expose you in any part of the field, has that deep speed— I mean, this is going to be a crazy matchup between the two of them. And if Diggs wins it, 
I could definitely see him being in the conversation for defensive player of the year. And again, well, he already is, but I could definitely see yeah. him like being it. It's really just what you value more. Like if you if you want a guy like Ramsey who's going to hold Justin Jefferson to fifty to seventy yards, or if you want a guy like Diggs who might let up a hundred yards to Justin Jefferson when shadowing him, but get an interception that changes the game completely. And it's really just, and with statistics, I feel like Diggs is just a clear defense player of the year at this point in the league. Seven interceptions, I feel like it's a lot. It's not a lot better, but I think it's more impressive than 8.5 sacks. Obviously, 8.5 sacks is very impressive. They've yeah. given the award to defensive ends in the past. Mm-hmm. They've given it to Donald the past, or two years, and they've also, Garrett's won one already. And I feel like just Diggs, just with this talent that has just erupted it, and I feel like he's just, He's just surprising so many people, and I think if he yeah. keeps it up, then he'll definitely win it. Uh, uh, so now we're going to get into Offensive Player of the Year, and we've talked about him so much, but it's just my guy is Derrick Henry. And yeah. just because I don't have him winning MVP, that just defaults him at Offensive Player of the Year. 2,000 rushing yards, 24 rushing touchdowns. Nobody's beating that. Yeah, That's what he's on pace for. Nobody's going to beat it. Just give him the award already, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, if he doesn't win MVP, he's getting off to play of the year easily. Yeah. They give it to a quarterback, there's no argument that he's winning. And I feel like this year, if he does get MVP, it's really hard to decide another offensive play of the year. Yeah. Nobody's really, no running back at least, has been super consistent. Mm-hmm. Everyone's gotten hurt. Nobody's really been consistent. And I feel like Cooper Cup, if Cooper Derek Cup does be not win it, but then I think Cooper no. Cup, if he keeps it up, will definitely be in contention. Like you said, he has... More fantasy points. Obviously, it's not a fantasy award, but he has more yeah. fantasy points than Derrick Henry. And he's looking like the best, a top three receiver in the league. And it's not mm-hmm. really, again, it's not giving it to the best player. It, they never give it to the best player. Yeah. Like in the NBA, they don't give it to the best player. Like in the NFL, they don't give it to the best player. It's just who has the most breakout year. And I feel like Cooper Cup has surprisingly had this breakout year. He's, if you blindly, if you give someone who's never watched the sport of football before, if you give them this statistics from the year, they're going to think Cooper Cup's the best receiver in the league. And I feel like just with these stats, without knowing anything about the past, with Devontae Adams not performing at the level he normally does, if he keeps it up, if Cooper Cup keeps it up, then he's the offensive player of the year. Yeah. Because there's really no running backs that compare to him. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's King Henry. Let's yeah. be I mean, yeah, if yeah. he doesn't win. Can um, you win MVP and offensive player of the year? No, you no, can't right. do that. So, so it's, it's just, yeah, yeah it's just going to be him if... He doesn't win MVP. Yeah. But so uh, moving on to our last uh, award here, Coach of the Year, who do you have, Caleb? Um, I have Brandon Staley. Um, the Chargers have been a surpri- not a surprising team. People were expecting them to be good. But the thing that I've really seen with him is that the Chargers have struggled to close games in the past. Yeah. They've had these teams that are decent, but they've just struggled to close games. With Herbert last year, they struggled a little bit. But now he's really found a way to close out these games. They've won two close games against the Chiefs and against Browns. the Browns. And, you know, obviously got blown out by the Ravens. And I think this week is really the test. Against Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick yeah. and the Pats. It's really just if you can bounce back, if you get your guys to bounce back after getting completely embarrassed, blown out by the Ravens. It's coming off a bye week. Coming off a bye, that's really important. Just, yeah, too. it's really just if he prepared well. If he did, I think they'll definitely be able to beat this Pats team. And it's really just, this is, I think this is really, this is just going to test him so much. Yeah, and I mean, Anthony Lynn, like the cherry on the top of his coaching at the Chargers, was they lost 45-0 to to the Pats last year. Yeah. 45-0 to to the Pats last year. If Staley wins this game, I mean, like you look at it, and if they win like 27-14 to mm-hmm. compared to 45-0, and zero, it's 
pretty much the same exact team as last year. Staley yeah. obviously has made a huge difference uh, in this organization, but my guy is Sean McVay this year, and usually, like Brandon Staley, you're looking at a coach that comes to a losing team and makes them a playoff team, but let's not forget the Jason Garrett coach of the year um, where basically they just went 13-3, and three. Yeah. and this could easily go to a coach that has the best team in the NFL, and McVay could definitely win this guy as like a hot-shot Vegas coach Get because uh, they're obviously trying to plug like uh, the Rams and Chargers as like huge uh, organizations. I, I think McVay and Staley are definitely the two candidates right now. Yeah, and it's just how these teams finish. Yeah. It's just if the Rams win their division, number one seed in the— in the NFC or in the in the end yeah, the NFC, then you know he could win it. But I yeah. think if the Chargers win that division and make that jump over the Chiefs, over the Raiders, mm-hmm. over the Broncos, then I think Brandon Staley will definitely with a new coach will definitely look. Yeah, and I feel like if McVay goes fourteen and three, I think that they give him this award just because. Yeah, just because you can't like you know best team in the NFL and like Jason Garrett won it a couple of years ago just because they went thirteen and three. Yeah. Um. So Kayla, thanks for coming on. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you to the Brooklyn Podcasting Studio. Uh, Thank you to Andrew, the producer. And see you guys next time. Yeah, thank you.